we're not talking like a steep, steep terrain change, you know. I mean, Dude, this you're is talking about five feet maximum change. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's very, very subtle, but it's. I mean, the turkeys were very, very much so keying in on it. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that 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 makes a difference. I mean, it really does. Those turkeys that day. I mean, they didn't leave a core area of two or three acres for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Rolling in three, two, one. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the Speak the Language podcast. If you can tell already from the sound of the different sound and audio, we're still not recording. Well, I guess I'm at the camp. We're we're recording from the two from the two locations we're most often recording at. We just I don't think we're normally recording at both of them at the same time. I'm at the camp because I'm still on COVID quarantine. And Jordan is at, you're at the office, right? I'm in the parking lot of the office just so I have service. (laughs) Well, yeah. um, So this is obviously not ideal. Um, We would like to, I mean, I would, I'd not like to be in quarantine and I like recording podcasts in person with people just because I think it makes the conversation better, but that's not really an option. Like saying my face. Sure, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night, Jay. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, when you got the COVID, you got the COVID, and I got to do what I got to do. So, uh, we will continue starting next Monday. We should be back to kind of regular operations because my quarantine ends this week. But uh, until then, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to make the best of it. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Before we dive full bore into this pod- podcast episode and the subject we're going to talk about, um, I do want to mention that uh, we're everyone's kind of excited because I'd like to announce our new podcast uh, partnership with Onyx Hunt. Um, that kind of work fit in perfectly because, um, as y'all know, we like to if we're going to partner with somebody, we're going to partner with somebody that we believe in. And if you've listened to this podcast before, then I'm a hundred percent positive you've heard me or Jordan mention Onyx at some point because it's something that we use. A whole lot so it just kind of made sense for us to partner up with them and uh we're looking forward to that and uh I was, yeah uh, i was thinking about it last night man during like probably from starting in august till probably i don't know first of june i guarantee you i open onyx at least three to four times a week <laughs> yeah yeah even in february like- you know i, I used it yesterday all afternoon and it's in between seasons you know because I'm, I'm already scouting spots and looking from the air at stuff and oh yeah definitely use it more than you think if you start thinking about how much we actually use it it's a it's a tool we use just about daily oh yeah i mean just last week um when, when quarantine started i i couldn't fathom the the thought of sitting too still and so like the day after i got diagnosed i was out trying to pull ground blinds and then uh, I put an Instagram story up about it. I was near a spot where, where it was like the first time me, you, and Brad hunted at Kudzu last spring, like the first time we went out there, and we heard that turkey goblin, and we dropped a pin on it on Onyx, and I was like, you know, I've never really went and studied where we dropped the waypoint on that turkey because uh, we just never really got the chance to go back in there, and so I wanted to take the chance to go in there and kind of look around and see – why that turkey was kind of you know where he was obviously we couldn't drop a waypoint on exactly where he was at but we could get pretty close um 
but yeah, like j- just to your point, I mean, it's something that we're using all the time and it's a, it's a very, very useful tool. So yeah, very excited about that partnership and we'll talk about that more later. But uh, yeah, so this subject that we're going to talk about, we kind of hinted around at it last week, uh, Jordan, we talked about the importance of being able to find turkeys, you know, as, as you said, just in last week's episode, that's probably probably uh up there if not the most important aspect it's one of the most important because if you can't find turkeys you're going to have a real tough time hunting them (laughs) you know well i mean to me that is the most important thing i mean if you are always surrounding yourself with turkeys your chances go up now if you if you can't find no turkeys you're not gonna kill one (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like if you if you can't find one he ain't gonna be there for you to for you to kill so yeah very good aspect of the uh aspect of the turkey hunting and i think it's like it's it's in my mind at least i think it's uh it's i wouldn't say it's underutilized like i think people realize it's important but uh i think it's kind of i, I don't think uh, i think it's over not overlooked but just not given as much importance as it should if that makes if that makes any sense um, and so when I want to talk about finding turkeys, I want to talk about it, uh, in a couple of different forms, I guess, because after we mentioned that last week, we had, you know, a good many folks message about it and they had, you know, several questions. You probably the most obvious one is, Hey, when y'all talk about that, can y'all talk about when you go to a spot that's new, like if you're hunting out of state or if you've got a new piece of ground that you're hunting on this spring and you've never hunted it before. How do I go about finding turkeys? Um, and then we even had some folks ask like, Hey, I even have issues, you know, some, some folks have maybe a big piece of ground that they, they hunt all spring. You know, they don't do much traveling. They just hunt around their house at this one spot, you know, in the entire spring. And they said, I have trouble, you know, keeping up with the turkeys year round. And so when you say finding turkeys, it can mean, multiple different things but um i think we start out with the with the first one mentioned when you're talking about finding turkeys on a place that's new to you and that can mean a traveling spot or maybe a new lease you picked up or a piece of ground that you just got permission on but that's what i think we should start there first finding turkeys on a place that you have never been to before somewhere that's new to you i think that's a good starting point yeah absolutely i mean one of the things I like to do, like, we, like Lake and I, we are a hundred percent always looking for a turkey spot. Like, no yes. matter what time of the year it is, you can't have enough of them. And uh, like, I acquired a place two years ago. I heard about it and I found out where it was. So the first thing I did was pull it up on Onyx. And I looked at it. It's like, well, it looks like it's got big timber on it from a satellite view. There's some roads running through it. There's a creek running through it. Yeah, it looks like it ought to have a turkey, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you if you find out, if Bubba Joe over there says, yeah, man, I got 80 acres over there you can lease for turkey hunting, you know, uh, and you pull it up on the map, and this looks like a four- or five-year-old pine thicket, more than likely ain't going to be no turkeys there, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I'll go out there and look at it, but, you know, it's more than likely that I'm not going to waste my time there. I mean, yeah, if it's got good roads running through it or something like that, it may be some turkeys passing through it. But uh, one of the biggest things I look for in the south is uh, big timber. 
and some type of drainage is running through it. Yeah. And I, you seem you seem to find turkeys around drainages, especially early in the season, because that's what greens up the fastest. And there's bugs and stuff around those little creeks and little ditch banks and that kind of thing. And it seems to be that's where you're going to find turkeys hanging out at. And you know, looking out on, on an aerial map, if you hadn't stepped foot on the place, you you can you can tell those drainages. A lot of times, you can put it on topo mode on Onyx. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can see the little drainages. And uh, once you figure out what you're looking for, it makes it a whole lot easier as far as looking at a topo map. That's probably one of the most underutilized as far as yes. finding details about a property is a topo. And, yeah. uh, there, there was a – and it's still like I'm, I'm – every day I'm learning, I feel like. I don't think any of us will ever fully figure it out. But there's been several little things I'd, I'd say in the past like – I guess decade things that someone would say to me like, Hey, do you pay attention to this? And I'd be like, no, not really. And they're like, man, if you learn just a little bit about this, I promise you it's going to help you in the Turkey woods and figuring out topo maps. And I'm still like, I'm not the best at them by any stretch, but learning, I'm, I'm going to say a phrase that you use all the time, Jordan, learning just enough to be dangerous. It makes a, a huge difference, especially in scouting and finding turkeys like we're talking about, because you're right. Like, and I remember this, this is something that uh, I heard Aaron Warbritton say when we were talking about this subject, um, a, a mistake that people commonly make, especially, you know, talking in the digital age, talking about internet scouting. And when someone figures they're going to go to a new spot and they pull up, you know, maps, aerial maps, a lot of times people just see just this big expanse of big timber and they'll go, yeah, turkeys are going to be in that. And to a certain degree, they're right. You know, usually if you see a big stretch of hardwood timber, there's going to be a turkey in there somewhere. But what sets you above and uh, being able to get even further with that is when you start being able to narrow down within that big stretch of timber. And that's doing what you're talking about, looking for drainages and, and areas like that. That's going to be able to just narrow down your search even further. So just instead of looking at this huge chunk of timber and going, Turkey's going to be in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, uh, we've hunted a lot of public land over our lifetime just because that's what we had access to the, primarily. And like some in the South, man, these, these public land tracks, I mean, they're not, I mean, they're diverse in a, a way of timber changes and that kind of stuff, but it's like zero, like big fields or anything like that to key in on. You're yeah. looking at, hundreds of thousands of acres of just pine expansion and hardwood drains and i mean where do you even start you know mm -hmm. and uh like w when i look at public land or any place that i'm going to turkey hunt that i've never been before that is the number one thing i start looking at i look at access and i look at uh those drainages because the the drainages have paid off for me and you both so much over the last few years. I can think about four was it four or five years ago, we were hunting public land here in Mississippi and uh, we found a spot on the map. We was like, yeah, it looks good in there. Let's go check it out tomorrow. Well, are we, you talking we about? In, are you talking about that, the year that you had to pull me out of a bind? Yeah. When, okay. daddy had to, yeah. when daddy had to bring you out of slump, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just making sure we's on. I'm not denying it. I'm just making sure we're on the same page. I know what hunt you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the first time me and you had ever stepped foot on that land. And uh, it ended up being, you know, man, we got to walking and we was like, we ought to be at a good spot come gobbling time. Well, we got to that spot and it wasn't what we thought it was from the map. 
So we got to looking on the map again and kept going deeper and deeper and finally got to a spot where we just stood still for a little bit and heard a turkey gobble. And where was he? He was on a drain, you know, a live yeah. creek. Yeah. It, it, and it's like you said, it, especially that's, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about because, um, when I was initially talking about, you know, just seeing these huge expanses of big timber, the thought that always comes to my mind is like, I, I, I turkey hunted public land, a good chunk, you know, a decent amount when I was growing up. But when I went to college at Mississippi state, that's when, that's the first time I was really pushed to where I had to spend a majority of my time hunting a public land area. And I remember looking at the map and feeling like you were talking about going, how in the world do I figure this out? Cause it was just, just this huge stretch of just big timber. And to your point where I, where I consistently found turkeys was one in drainages, Creek bottoms, areas like that. And I would tend to find them. Um, well, so honestly, some of the times I found turkeys was just blind luck. And it was like, you know, maybe a year later or after that, I was figuring out why I would find turkeys there it was because I would find habitat diversity. It would be where I'd find multiple different things coming together. You know, um, I would I remember one spot particularly, which it sounds obvious, but it's it it, it goes along with what we're talking about. It, the turkeys were roosting. There was a there was big hardwoods and then there was a creek running through there not far on the other side of the creek it turned into pines and then if you go to the pines a little bit further the public ended and then it was a private private land and the private land was big pasture so you had hardwoods drainage pines big field all in a fairly close area and there were always turkeys there you know what i mean mean, makes perfect sense you know and a guy just starting out looking at that kind of stuff i mean if, if you start looking at a map and from an aerial, you know, you can tell the timber changes just by, I know a lot of these aerials, depending on what time of the year they, they've been taken for satellite images, and you know, some of the time of the year, they're always green, everything's green. But uh, if you can zoom in, you know, you can tell the, the difference in the trees as far as what the leaves look like, and that's kind mm-hmm. of what we're looking at. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then, like I said, I know we touched on this before, but I'm going to take the chance to hammer on it again. Um, guys, if you're not – if you don't know how to how to kind of look at a topo map and figure out what's going on, or if you – even if you do know how and you don't apply it to turkey hunting, I'm telling you, it, you need to do that. It helps because it's going to be – I mean, topo maps is how – a lot of times how you can identify areas like this that we're talking about, drainages and creek bottoms and, and stuff like that. Um Heck, the, I mean, just the, what I was talking about earlier, that spot that I that we dropped a waypoint on that turkey last year was in a creek bottom, and you can see it clear as day on the Onyx when you pull when you pull the topo up. You can see the pretty you know steep ridges on both sides that drop down into that creek bottom, and that's where that turkey was. So, um, topo maps, big big aspect in finding turkeys, I think. Oh, I think it's uh, that's probably the number one thing that's helped me kill is, is the turkeys i have is by satellite imaging even once yeah. you get on one and you're in a new area and you don't quite have it figured out you know if you're sitting there listening to him gobble and he won't break or whatever you can pull up that map 
and be like, oh, well, that's why he's not breaking. There's a there's a ditch in between us, or yeah. there's a there's a thicket line right there. If I go around here and get on the other side of him, you know, I may have a chance. And that's exactly what happened that day that we were talking about that you killed the turkey out here four or five years ago. You know, we played mm-hmm. with that turkey for what three hours and he wouldn't break. And finally, my my patience ran out, and yours did too. Like we're going if we're going to kill him, we got to make a move. Yeah. So we backed up, looked at the map, was like, we think he's on that side of this ditch. So we made a big loop around and ended up figuring out why he wasn't moving is he had a little bench up there that uh he could get up there on top. He was kind of overlooking this creek bottom, and there was a flat area up there where it was just like open, good bugging area, lots of pine, straw, and stuff. They were scratching around in like crazy, and that's where those hens wanted to be. But looking at it now, those hens were there because it was really close to a select cut that they were probably nesting in. Nesting in, yeah. And the thing about that, and I know we keep talking about topo, but it's funny if I wish we could kind of better explain the area we're talking about because when you're talking, when you say, you know, a bench and a bottom and all that, in, in the area that we were in, in that kind of terrain, the bench and the bottom is so subtle, you know, I mean, like it's, we're not talking like a steep, steep terrain change, you know, I mean, this is talking about five feet maximum change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very subtle, but it's, I mean, the turkeys were very, very much so keying in on it, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that, that makes a difference. I mean, it really does. I mean, it it truly does. Those turkeys that day, I mean, they didn't leave a core area of two or three acres for eight hours. They know, hung that, in there. That, that was their spot where they wanted to be at that day, and they, they were happy being there. And, you know, it didn't matter what the other turkeys over there yelping at them were doing. They were in the spot they wanted to be, and you had to kind of encroach in there with them to get in their comfort zone for them to yeah. ease, you know, 80 yards to get closer to you get a shot. Yeah. I still, but, man, um, that's one of those hunts that, one of those kinds of just etched into your brain, you know, I remember making them moves of desperation, kind of getting to the point like, all right, we either going to kill him or we're going to spook him. But, you know, we got to try something because this ain't working, man. That was a, whew, that was a fun hunt. Yeah, you, pulled I mean, me, you, you pulled me out of a, out of a tight spot that year, man. It was running late <laughs> in the season. But, you know, that's just, that's one of those things where if you don't know where they're at, you can look at a map and kind of figure out where a turkey should be. And then you go put boots on the ground and figure out if they're there or not, you know? Yeah. So while we're on the subject of finding turkeys, I want to take a quick second and tell you all about something we will not be going to the spring woods without. That is the Onyx Hunt app. Onyx has so many great features private and public land boundaries, the ability to drop waypoints, the ability, the ability to mark your way in and out of a spot. The list really does go on and on. So go and download the Onyx Hunt app today. Use the promo code PRIMOS20 and get 20% off. So, Jordan, while we're on the subject, I still want to talk about, you know, going to new spots. But what we've talked about so far has kind of been localized. Um, and so we had a good many questions from the kind of guys that are like, hey, I'm going to hit the road for the first time this spring. I'm going to go hunt a state I've never hunted before. And so the perfect example, um, and we can expand on this a lot, but I know last spring um, you went on like a, like a three-state jaunt. And like not only states that you had never hunted in before, some of these states you'd never like even been to at all. So we're talking completely new territory. 
Yeah. And, uh, man, it was, it was, uh, I had in mind to take it state by state and just see where I ended up at, you know, and, uh, yeah. it worked out where we were able to hit, uh, Colorado and, uh, Wyoming and South Dakota. But, um, uh, mm-hmm. going to the man, going to Colorado, I mean, of course, I started asking questions to my buddies that had been around that kill turkeys in the state before, you know, like, do you have any idea where I could go or whatever? And, you know, some people are not going to share that information at all with you, and some of them will give you a lead. It just really depends. But, you know, we, me and you get asked all the time where to go or whatever. But, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's one of those deals. It takes a whole lot of time and effort to figure out a spot. And uh, turkey hunters are very, very secure, secretive people when they find a spot that's good, you know. Sure. And, uh, it's hard to get any really good information from your friends or whatever, you know, go acquaintances or anything like that. But uh, I had uh, done some Internet scouting and reading on forums. And you can, I mean, there's some people out there that have released information without even knowing they're releasing it, if you know yeah. what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did a whole bunch of internet scouting, just reading on pages and this, that, and the other. And I finally kind of figured out a core area within about a hundred miles that I wanted to be in yeah. Colorado. So, uh, but the whole time you're steady second guess, guessing yourself driving through the state trying to, well, I could stop here and hunt, but I don't know anything about that, this, that, and the other. And finally I, I had figured it out to a core area within this mountain range I wanted to go. And, uh, man, we drove, I don't know, eight or nine hours from Kansas to get there and showed up uh, that afternoon. And I had found on my Onyx all this public land, BLM land and whatever that was open uh, hunting for public, you know, because I had no connections on private land out there. But I wanted sure. to go hunt that state. So, uh, man, we just took out. But I uh, started looking at the BLM tracks, trying to figure out what was accessible and what wasn't, because a lot of that stuff out there, is a funny like i'm finna get into what happened with us but uh a lot of the blm land is not accessible from a public road like it oh, may be like a, landlocked and stuff well it may be a 50 yard stretch of private then you're on blm for ten thousand acres you know and yeah, but yeah you can't walk across that 50 yard stretch without poaching right so uh, right. that was a hiccup we ran into big time but um uh, man we got out there and slept in a and the truck and a, and a truck stop and uh that was the experience in itself and uh <laughs> I, I i woke up during the middle of the night and uh there were some people who done pulled up next to us they were sketchy so i couldn't hardly sleep had my hand on my pistol and but whatever uh, <laughs> uh so the next morning i elected to instead of trying to go hunt one spot i wanted to hit as many spots as i could listening yeah and uh, I just wanted to acquire as many turkeys as I could find, if I could find any at all. And, man, we went on, I don't know, three or four, pretty much all day looking for turkeys, looking, trying to hear them at first light, didn't hear anything. I was like, well, my goodness, what have I done got into? And uh, at, like, 9 o'clock at night is the last stop, like, a spot on my Onyx that did not look good for his access and it looked like everything else is big mountains with ponderosa pines and stuff you know yeah and, yeah uh, it's like yeah it should be turkeys there but i don't know if i can get to them but we pulled up at this spot i mean it's like 45 minutes after dark stop on the side of the road get out coyote how a turkey gobble hmm. 
all right, we got a turkey, but I can't get to him without permission because he's it's literally like probably 30 feet of private land, then you're on BLM. Yeah. But, uh, man, well, that deal, like, so I was out there a day and did not hunt the first day at all. Well, still ain't got no leads on the spot I can hunt the next morning. So uh, the next morning we got up and went to listen to that turkey from the county road. Like, yeah, he's up there. He's gobbling his brains out, but I can't hunt him. But long story short, we ended up seeing the turkey, and he's on private, and finally ran into the landowner. Like, I passed this dude's house probably 15 times just hoping to catch him in the yard because I knocked on his door. He didn't come out. Finally caught up with him, found him in his yard, pulled up there. He's like, y'all want to hunt, ain't you? I was like, uh-oh. Huh. And, he, and he was like, yeah, go have Adam. I hate them things. But, uh, but that was a... Uh, that was just, man, I spent so much time looking and trying to find turkeys on that trip for the first two days covering. I, man, we covered 200 miles on probably a half a million acres of public before we found that one turkey. Yeah. And, uh, but long story short, we got access on that private to come through it. He even told us we could hunt it and he had like 30 acres right there. And that's a, I actually ended up killing the turkey on the private land, but he came off of BLM. Yeah. But uh, that was just one of, one of the situations where I had no choice but to sit on that one turkey, you know. That was the only, only one you had. That was my only ball game, that one turkey. And, man, yeah. me and him went up and down that mountain left and right and all over the place. But, <laughs> but uh, going back to finding a turkey, like, on X and the, the topo was so key in him because where he was roosting at was on a little bench. Like we're talking, I was in 10,000 feet elevation up there and yeah. he's roosting like three quarters away up this mountain. Well, every day I hunted him for three days before I got him every day. He would, I would see him out here in this yard. Well, I'm like, well, crap, not a yard. It's like a farm yard deal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. You're not, you're not talking about the turkey just strutting around in the dude's front yard next to his flower garden. No, I mean, he's it's like yeah. a little hay meadow or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, I saw him out there every day and never could figure out what how to get to him because he would see you coming in. Yeah. And uh, finally, the morning I killed him, I, I sat down. I was like, I've seen him here twice now. Eventually, he's going to come down this mountain, I think. And uh, But I was sitting there and uh, he started yelping right above me, like within 50 yards. I'm like, he's got to be close. He never did gobble. The hen pitched over my head and flew like 200 yards down into this river bottom. Yeah, I'm and you're like, going, well, crap, like, I hope he doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, when she went to pitch off, he gobbles, and he's in the same spot he's been two mornings in a row, like three-quarters up the mountain. Yeah, And I've already been through this deal. He stands up there and gobbles for an hour, and then he'll shut up, and then two or three hours later, you'll see him in this little hay meadow. I'm like, this is just one of them turkeys. I'm just going to have to sit here and wait on him. Yeah. And then I yelped at him, and long, come to find out, these turkeys have done been shot into several times. I found you shotgun shells all over the place. But, yeah. man, uh, <laughs> I, I yelped at him one time, and he did not gobble. I was like, uh-oh. And uh, I sat there, and finally he showed up, like, 
by himself, acting like a turkey in Mississippi does, mm-hmm. and uh, like just sneaking in there. And I, anyway, I shot him, got him, and dude, I was, I was so pumped over that just because I worked so hard. But long story short, where I'm getting at this is like we spent a whole lot of time and effort trying to find these turkeys. So don't give up when you're looking for them because, like, they ain't everywhere out there by any means like you think they are yeah well it's it's interesting like like one of the biggest thing i keyed on i keyed in on with that story um it's just you know because of the meat of what we're talking about today is um the last time and i know i've i've this is the second time in this podcast i've referenced aaron warbritton but you know aaron you know bounces around and i mean his whole deal is hunting spots he's never hunted before you know and mm-hmm. the way that the, just the way that you you were kind of explaining the way you were going about finding turkeys and almost mirrored what what Aaron told me is they put, you know, a, a lot of folks when they get out there, usually the mindset is, OK, I've got this many days to hunt. I want to spend as much time as I can hunting the turkeys because you think that's your best option, whereas, you know. Aaron and you did pretty much the same thing. The first part of their journey, they said, I'm going to spend the first part finding as many turkeys as I possibly can, because then I know, you know, I don't, I don't get stuck in one spot. I know I've got options. And so if you different things happen, you've got, you know, different places to go to. Whereas in your situation, you ended up only finding, you know, one, pretty much one, one turkey to chase. But if you hadn't spent all that time looking around, you know, you may, you maybe never would have found him. So, um, I think that's really important to note to, for, for folks that were asking questions about, you know, traveling to new areas, new spots, whatever is, I think, I think you need to put a very, very heavy emphasis on the first leg of that trip, finding as many turkeys as you possibly can. Yeah. And, uh, like there, you know, once we, uh, killed in Colorado, we, jumped in a truck and we're heading to Wyoming and it's an eight hour drive and I think I killed a turkey at like seven eight o'clock in the morning so I'd put us in Wyoming you know right at dark yeah pretty much and uh man we were looking I had kind of an area it was pretty much the closest spot I could get to from Colorado that was public like and in Wyoming you're talking about hundreds of thousands of acres of public yeah and uh I found a spot, like, that's the closest area to where we were in Colorado. I was like, we can get there tonight, see if there's anything roosted anywhere in the area. And if not, we'll get up and go doing the same thing tomorrow, trying to find turkeys, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we drive off through the day, get at, in Wyoming, like, right at dark. And what ended up screwing us on the deal was I was looking on the map for these access roads into the National Forest. Well, they look open on some of the access maps, but you get to them, there's a locked gate. And you're talking about a 100-mile road to get up into the forest. Yeah. Well, that, that can screw you really fast if you can't get access into there to get to the other spots, you know. Yeah. So, uh, it was a, man, it was freaking – it was luck on our side because – at this point, I am just whooped. We've been turkey hunting. I mean, anybody been out west, you know the, the days are very long. It gets daylight early, and it gets dark really late. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and but, um, man, like, I've been averaging three to four hours of sleep a night because you're roosting turkeys till 
nine ten o'clock at night then you go get something to eat then by the time you get a little wet white bath or whatever jump in your back truck go to sleep it's it's midnight yeah and then you got to do the whole thing over about three forty-five in the morning yeah but, that's uh, like them days in maine you know we were waking up at it was breaking daylight at four thirty and getting dark at like nine thirty at night yeah it's just and, it's uh, just those days can wear on you for sure <laughs> ain't no doubt Anyway, we we get to the spot where we want to access and camp out tonight in the gate lock in Wyoming. Yeah. It's like crap. Well, I get to looking on Onyx and I find uh, another area that's public. I have no idea what I'm looking at. I'm just looking at a spot to stay the night at this point. So we drive up in here, drive around this little two track for a few miles up in these. Uh, I mean, it's gorgeous up there. A bunch of fir trees. It looks like a ski park, you know. Yeah. And, uh, we get up in there, and, I mean, it's pitch black dark. You ain't going to roost no turkeys at this point. And, uh, anyway, jump in the truck, get a few hours of sleep, wake up, and, like, we're in where I think it should be some turkeys. I actually see some hunters around about, you know, coming in that night. And uh, yeah. it did not hear a turkey. And I, I spent probably 30 to 45 minutes there. Just because if you ain't hearing one of them, you know, Miriam, I mean, you're talking about it, it's 35 degrees and sunny that morning. So if they, if they ain't gobbling, they more than likely ain't there that time of yeah. year, you know? Yeah, that's fair assessment. Yeah. So I'm like, come on. I was, Jacob was with me and we jumped in the truck and was like, we're finna either see them from the road in a field or stop a few spots and see if we can strike one. We're just desperately seeking at this point, yeah. just trying Sticking to cover the ground. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so we had passed by this little spot the afternoon before. I wasn't sure if we could hunt it or not. It was it was marked public, but it was like a specialty area for like cross country skiing or something. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if we could hunt it. But anyway, I started reading the brochure on the National Forest. I was like, yeah, we can. I think we can hunt that. They're closed to skiing this time of year, so you can hunt it as long as it's not open to skiing. But uh, we passed by this spot, and I looked down the road. And there's a hen crossing the road. I'm like, there's turkeys here. Yeah. So, uh, a good sign. <laughs> but, yeah. So we pull up into this little 80 acre block and uh, get out of the truck and walk literally like 20 yards. And I hit a crow call and some turkeys gobble. Uh. I'm like, all right, we in them. Now, I don't know if they own us or not, but we got 80 acres to work with here. So we're going to stick with them for a minute. And, uh, but man, it was just one of those deals. Like, it was crazy like you started yelping and it was like what you always dreamed of here comes a turkey <laughs> yeah and uh anyway the turkey runs up in there and i killed in colorado first so jacob was with me out he was i was going like yeah, jacob you shoot first that's how it's gonna work and uh anyway the turkey runs up in there and we're not positioned just right on a tree jacob can't get a shot and a turkey walks off i'm like uh-oh this ain't good Anyway, we sit there a few minutes, and another turkey starts gobbling, and we start calling him, and Jacob and I are on the same tree, and this turkey comes the same direct path the first one did, and Jacob still can't get a shot at him, so I'm like, he, this one ain't walking off. So I shoot him, kill him, whatever, and uh, <laughs> we go back to the truck, sitting there, I'm cleaning the turkey. And another, I think it's the same turkey that walked off the first time, starts gobbling. 
so Jacob and I go back to the same tree pretty much that I shot on and start yelping this turkey. Well, he ain't coming back to the same spot, so we make a little loop and get in front of him what we think he's doing. And literally been sitting there. I yelped once or twice on that heartburn. I mean, uh, on the tall timber Gabriel I have. Yeah. And they didn't gobble, but we were sitting there. I was actually eating a granola bar because it had been two or three hours since we killed my turkey at this point. And sitting there like five, ten minutes after a yelp, Jacob's like, there he is. And he's coming strutting straight towards us. <laughs> so first morning in Wyoming, we're done. Yeah. But that's that, nice. came, like, that spot is where I'm getting from. And it looked good on the map, but it's 80 acres. And you're surrounded by hundreds of thousands of acres of public. But for whatever reason, I think it's probably because it was a small spot. It got overlooked by anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but that was what was key on that deal was finding that little that little chunk of land that hadn't been hunted. I don't think, dude. You're gonna have anybody and everybody that's considering hunting Wyoming is gonna be scouring their maps looking for an 80 acre sectioned off block because of, <laughs> because of that story. You realize that, right? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> the buddies are gonna be looking at it, planning a trip. They're gonna be like, check this out, man. This is five thousand acres of public. They're like, screw that. Find 80 Where's acres 80? left, or I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we just straight up got lucky on that deal. But it yeah. came from just looking at a good area on the maps, where we ended, how we ended up there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and truly, man, I mean, I mean, obviously, big acreage is not a big thing. But I know even in this day and age, folks are quick to look over small acreage for turkeys. And I'm – I'm always a big believer in at least go see what it's got or, you know, take a look at it because, I mean, it, the small acreages can be productive, man, in Colorado or Mississippi. I mean, one of my yeah, favorite spots one of my favorite spots that I ever got to hunt on around here, um, and, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not able to disclose location or anything because of the – you know what I'm talking about. But, I mean, crap, that place is 40 acres, you know. It was just yeah. in the right. It was just forty acres in the right spot, you know. Yeah, it's um, all, man. You gotta think about core areas with a turkey. I mean, some of them definitely travel. And I, I know when we you talked to Michael Chamberlain last year, you know, he's talking about how much turkeys move this, that, and the other. But I mean, seems like some of them kind of camp out in a spot, you know, for a few days or weeks or whatever, till they get pressured off. Yeah, well, I mean, and think about this. And I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm. This is a like a pretty, uh, uh, I guess, exaggerated example. But going back to the turkey we were talking about earlier, um, the one that you know, the one that we killed four or five years ago on public that the that all those turkeys were hanging out in like a two three two three acre spot. Imagine yeah, that block. I mean, that block of timber is probably I don't know fifteen thousand acres inside of not I mean without a public road running through it, you know? Sure. And you've yeah. narrowed it down to four or five acres. Yeah. That's what and so I'm thinking like imagine that, you know, you get these small acreages, you know, you, you everyone probably, you know, if they have a big spot, you know, a lot of everyone has their honey holes. Well like think about how big the honey hole actually is. And you're like, man, turkeys are always right here. Well, some of those spots exist. They're just not, you know, there's exist in those small concentrated areas. And so, 
I, like I said, I'm never one to overlook small acreages like that. They can they can definitely be productive, you know. And yeah. not, not all of them, like you said, if it's if it's 25 acres of nothing but four to five year old pines, then yeah, it's probably not going to be all that great. But it's worth a look, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I kind of kind of taste a rabbit hole there, but yeah, carry on. I know we're talking about finding turkeys, and, like, I just thought about, like, on the way in on that little 80 in Wyoming, like, mm-hmm. when I got out of the truck, I saw turkey tracks in this two track. Yeah. You know, so, that was, that was a, like, those turkeys, man, they, they're going to follow those roads. Like, that's a oh, given. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere in the country I've ever hunted, if there's some type of access road or whatever through the property, that's one of the first places I look for turkey tracks. Yeah, Man, well, um, and to your to your point, um, one of the smaller places that I was able to hunt, um, it actually had a small section of, of young pines in the very middle of the property, but there was an access road going through those pines, and always, 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 you could not walk down that road without finding turkey tracks, because, I mean, they're not, you know, with that, as, as little as those pines were when I first started hunting there turkeys ain't gonna be hanging out in that but they're going to use that road through the middle of them to get to one I'm, side or the other because that's where I they can't good tell you was. can't tell you how many turkeys we have gotten on over the last 10 or 15 years you know that are that are around those young pine plantations that are using those roads and those are great spots like if you strike a turkey and he's on the other side of that thing and you're you're on that road if he comes there's about a hundred percent chance that he's going to come down that road, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, like I said, it's spots like that can be overlooked so easy. And like people are, uh, th- those access roads, that's a good point. Cause you're right. I mean, they, they do tend to travel those an awful lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, just think about like in New Mexico where we turkey hunt at 85% of the turkeys we kill out there are around those two track cattle roads, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a big, big place, like huge. Large, yeah, grande. Grande place. Narrow, narrow them down to those core areas. You figure out where you want to find, where turkeys like to hang out. Once you figure out where a turkey likes to be and how they travel, I mean, you can, you, I think, I firmly believe you can kill them and find them anywhere in the country if you figure those little scenarios out, you know? Oh, it, it definitely it definitely puts you ahead of the curve by leaps and bounds. Cause I can remember, like I can remember as a kid, you know, especially when I, you know, was first able to get out there by myself and figured out my method for finding turkeys was, like I said, I would pretty much have like a giant area that I would guess turkeys was in. And I would spend my time in the morning trying to hear one. And if I happened to hear one, I'd be like, there's one right there, but there was no, concentration you know there was no concentrated efforts it was just blind luck of hoping to try to hear one in this big stretch of hardwoods you know what i mean and so you you, yeah you narrow it down to those areas it helps you a lot a whole whole lot yeah especially if you're a traveling turkey hunter like we're we're kind of focusing this on and uh, like if you figure out that recipe what you're looking for on a satellite images you can get on some turkeys pretty fast yeah I said it's huge. And um, another thing that that you touched on that I meant to talk about earlier is uh, the fact you were talking about 
you know, hitting up your friends for at least some reference and whatnot. There, I know there are some guys that just don't want to do that. They want to figure it out themselves. And if you want to do that, that's your thing. But uh, some of the most successful turkey hunters I know at doing the traveling turkey hunter thing, that's a common factor they use as well. They, they seek out resources, whether it be friends they know that have been to that state or they start reaching out to people that, you know, just they try to find something to kind of at least, like you said, just give them a lead. Um, you know, and if you want to, if you're one of those, I want to do it completely by myself, then more power to you. Do it that way. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with seeking out help either. That can help no you. Doubt. I mean, if you can just get into a region like you want to go, you know, that's a huge help in itself, but it narrows it down to that region. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Maine last year, like, we had no idea where to go in Maine, but we found some contacts and I asked some people that I knew had been up there just what, like, what part of the state cut it in half? Do we go to north side, south side, or what, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I have, I have zero shame in asking somebody to give me a lead, you know, even if it is a pretty vague one, it's, it's something. <laughs> I mean, they've, like, even like in Mississippi, it, I mean, like, do I go north of Interstate 20 or south of Interstate 20? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me, give me, a, give me just some kind of a starting point. You know, narrow it down yeah. a little bit. But yeah, these are all things that you know. And and honestly, a subject like finding turkeys, we could probably ramble on for another hour if we needed to. It's just such a vast subject. But I feel like what we've talked about today has been pretty keyed in on some stuff that that is helpful um so i guess just to kind of wrap up some of the bigger things that we hammered on uh is you know like we just touched on looking for seeking out help reference points i would definitely say uh as we talked about earlier figure out at least a little bit on how to read topo maps um because like i said guys i'm not saying like jordan knows he's seen me look at topo before i'm no expert at it by any stretch but i know how to kind of put the puzzle together a little bit um because you learn how to look at topos that's how you're going to determine like drainages and creek bottoms and stuff like that that we were talking about and that is that's huge and if you're in a mountainous area or steep terrain you know benches and, and saddles that kind of thing are really important yeah absolutely absolutely um so yeah i think we're gonna wrap it up on that jordan you got anything else to add i don't i think this is gonna be a reoccurring subject over the next few weeks but you know yeah, yeah. i hope i, I my, my main goal is i hope we're helping somebody you know so yeah well I, this was uh i didn't know like I, I knew we were gonna do a finding turkeys episode at some point but after the reaction we got after just mentioning it last week i was like all right let's go ahead and key this one up um especially since people are heavily thinking about turkeys now uh so yeah guys i hope you enjoyed this episode as always if you have any questions or topics you want us to cover don't hesitate to reach out you can reach out to the primos page you can hit up jordan on instagram you can hit up myself on instagram we'll do our best to get to that um and yeah that's going to be all for this week again onyx app use the promo code primos 20 to save 20 percent off and uh yeah we'll see you back here next week Thank y'all all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.